Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Mapping the College Audition, a podcast where we explore the landscape of the college theater world and try to demystify this daunting audition process. I'm your host, Charlie Murphy, director of MTCA, Musical Theater College Auditions, and today we've got a star-studded show lined up for you. Robert Westenberg from Missouri State has been a friend of MTCA for a while, and last year he did uh, private walk-ins for us for Missouri State, uh, which he's doing again right now for our class of 2020 students in just a few days from this release. Break a leg, students. We're cheering for you. Oh, that was a Megan whoop. Did we hear the whoop? There it was. Um, Today on the episode, we get into... um, Robert kind of looking for students who are not threatened by the community around them, but are kind of inspired by them. We talk a bit about generosity of spirit in a couple of different times. We talk about the balance and the interdisciplinary balance of their acting program, their musical theater program, and the focus of their musical theater program. Uh, we talk about Missouri State as a quintessential university um, and sort of how it's the Goldilocks in campus size. Not too big, not too small. Um Robert gives you the advice of really researching the faculty and, and finding out who's going to be teaching you for the next four years. We talk about the exciting thing, especially for some of those parents out there, the tuition at Missouri State being so cheap, some of the scholarships, the out-of-state tuition waiver. Oh, my. It was a lot of exciting uh, financial talk there. Uh, we get into the audition, and Robert gives the advice of focusing on your scene partner and, and who you're talking to and how so much of the audition should and can be about that. Um, and then we talk about their use of the pre-screen, which is more of a post-screen than a pre-screen for Missouri State and, and how many times Robert will watch that video again and again. But before we get to Robert, uh, Megan, uh, we are right about to embark on New York City Unifieds as we record this, but yes. people who are listening will have just gone through New York City Unified. So any big wishes that we have in terms of, we hope they survive the bomb cyclone that's coming this weekend. <laughs> we hope they do once lots of wonderful walk-ins. Anything else you'd yeah. wish to our, our young listeners? Well, I will say my New York Unified was also a snowstorm mm-hmm. to at least a similar degree. Not a pandemic though, only a snowstorm. I know. They got one up on me, yeah. but it can be done. Just get those snow boots in. Have your parent or the adult at home get ready for you to hold the coat in all the other bags. And I'm preemptively sending all the good vibes to you for this incoming mm. weekend, which has already happened. But, you know, wishes are wishes. It's great advice. And I, I was just talking with Leo today. Uh, he was talking about the fancy boots he's going to be bringing to our meeting. And I was like, you better not be bringing those in the snow. And he goes, they're in a duffel bag, Charlie. Of course. <laughs> I was like, you're right. Good you. I thought you were talking about like Sorel boots. Those are all the, the fad in Chicago of the... Fashion snow uh, boots. Fashion snow. These are Fluvog. Leo really likes Fluvog. Fluvog, not a sponsor of the pod, but if you're out there and you want to sponsor. Mm, Norris Sorrell. Norris Sorrell. So let's just cut this, obviously, this ad from the pod. Um, but in all seriousness, we really hope everyone had a wonderful New York City Unifieds. And, you know, all of you students this year 
what you've had to endure with the ups and the downs and the pandemic. And then it's going to all come live. And now maybe some of it's virtual. Now a lot of it's virtual, but it's not all virtual. And now there's a snowstorm. I mean, it, it has been an incredible ride. And I've been so proud of all of you, all of our MTCA students and all of our non-MTCA students out there who are navigating this audition journey. Um, congratulations. And I really hope uh, it was a really fantastic weekend. I'm hoping it will be in my time now, but hoping it was then. Um, we're also giving a little shout out um, for Missouri State. You're about to listen to this whole podcast about Missouri State. And two days later, MTCA, we're doing our private walk-ins with Robert um, on the Friday and Saturday after this podcast will be listened to. And then after Missouri State walk-in auditions for our private MTCA walk-ins, we are headed to Chicago, or rather, I should say, you are headed to me, Charlie. Mm, mm, mm. So true. I'm going to come join Megan. We talked about doing like a live pod moment, but we just ran out of, we're too lazy. We're just like, maybe we'll just say hi to each other. I think that's too big of a peek behind the curtain. We have to keep our secrets hidden. Yeah, that's right. Don't let people know about what we're talking about. (laughs) But yes, we'll be in Chicago, of course. Um, And we can't wait to be there. It's always so fun. We spend four nights at the Palmer House. Um, (laughs) It's always really exciting. We do warm-ups for our kids. We do meetings. We have a little green room for them to check in. Um, All those wonderful things. So we'll be doing that right after um, next weekend, which is as you're listening to, it will be this coming weekend, the Sunday of this coming weekend. I got to stop doing the past, present, future. They're all like, I get it. We get it. You record yeah. in advance. It's not that magic. But if you're at the Palmer House and want to come say hi and you're not an MTCA student, come wave to me and Charlie in the green room. Why not? Yeah. If you just want to make a friend of the pod t-shirt where you like write it on the shirt, fine. We don't sell them. But if you really you want to <laughs> sort of make your own, please do. If you're a true fan, you will. You'll find a way. Mm-hmm. But let's get into this episode with Robert Westenberg from Missouri State. Well, we are honored today to be joined by Robert Westenberg. Uh, Robert has a BA in theater from California State University. I don't know if I said California like that. Um, an MFA in acting from the American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco. Um, he's been in tons of Broadway shows. Uh, he made his debut in Zorba, um, where he won a Theater World Award. Uh, he was in Sunday in the Park with George, where he took over for Mandy Patinkin, um, opposite Bernadette Peters. He was in the original Les Mis. He was into the woods uh, as Wolf and Cinderella's Prince, where he met his wife and got a Tony nom and a drama desk. That's a nice three things to get from one production. Uh, he was in The Secret Garden, Abe Lincoln in Illinois, Company, 1776, tons of national tours, lots of work at the Muni, lots of TV and film. Uh, previously, he was the chair of the theater program at Drury University and now is the professor coordinator of musical theater at Missouri State University. Uh, Missouri State is located in Springfield, Missouri. They take class sizes of about 20 students. They have a BFA in music theater, a BFA in acting, and lots of other degrees in the theater world. Robert, how are you doing today? Welcome to pod. I'm doing great. It's great to see you guys. And thank you for that introduction. Of course. Well, we we couldn't. We always try to slim the bios as much as we can. We could not slim any more from that prodigious bio that you gave us. But tell me a little bit about um, so how you you found yourself after this fantastic Broadway career um, to be teaching and how you found yourself at Missouri State. Yeah. Um, well, it, it is a long journey, but I'll make it a short story. Um, I, I always wanted to teach, and um, and I ended up having a, a fairly long career, and I kept going from, fortunately, going from show to show and, and project to project. And um, and then at a certain point, we, my wife and I had um, three children. And um, by the way, my wife is Kim Crosby. She was in Into the Woods and, um, and Springfield, Missouri is her hometown. 
so uh-huh. that's gonna that's gonna explain a little bit of why why we landed here. Um, so anyway, it, it got to the point where I, I felt that um, it was time to pursue that part, that next chapter in my life. And um, Springfield seemed like the logical place to be because, well, I like the town. I like the size of the town. I like the vibe of the town. And we also had a lot of family there so they could help us take care of our children. <laughs> Free childcare. We never had that we never had that support system when we were in New York. So, um, so anyway, yeah, so that, that, that led to my journey here. And then I, so we came here and, um, and I immediately got a job at Jury University and they were kind enough to hire me and it worked out really well. I eventually became the chair there and served as chair for seven years. And then, um, a couple of openings came up at Missouri state at which I have a lot of friends in the faculty mm-hmm. and none of them were quite right <clears throat> in terms of, I thought what a fit for, who I was and what I could contribute to that particular program. And then the um, coordinator for musical theater opened up and that felt like a perfect fit and they agreed. And so they hired me about six years ago and, um, and here I am. And that's, that's why it happened. It seems like it's been a perfect fit. Um, I also am so impressed that you and your wife are like, I feel like on day one of my date with my partner, I was like, well, actors can never be together. It just like doesn't work. Like someone gets jealous, someone whatever. And she keeps pointing out all of these amazing actor couples. She goes, yes, they can. What are you talking about? This happens and this happens. And so it's, yeah. it's inspirational yeah. to see a really yeah, you exciting just, you, actor you, you just have to genuinely be in love with your partner and 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 wishing the best for them. And, and when they when they get work and they succeed, then it's a celebration of that and not not a threat to you, right? Well then, yeah. for the love of God, let's get to Missouri State. Yeah. Um, I'd love to talk a little bit in brief of just like, what do you think it means, especially in the past six years as you've kind of um, taken the program in the direction that you wanted to take it, what do you feel like it means to be a Missouri State student, specifically a Missouri State theater student? Um, it's a great question. I, you know, and, and you're going to get a lot of different answers if you talk to different students. Uh, of course, their perspective is going to be different than mine. But um, I think when you when you come to Missouri State, um, I'm very selective about the students that I bring in, and what, we can talk about that later in terms of what I'm looking for in a student and all of that. But um, I, I I pride myself on yes, I'm looking for talented individuals, obviously. We're looking mm-hmm. for, for students that have foundational skills that, that will support them through a professional career. But we're also looking for, for great human beings. <clears throat> we're looking for, for individuals who are um, who have authenticity, uh, who are generous in spirit, who are willing to, uh, to uh, as I said about the relationship with my wife, willing to celebrate uh, the success of others and not be threatened by it, but in fact be inspired by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, people who are community-minded, perhaps service-minded. And I have found that those kinds of people, students, are strong listeners and mm-hmm. strong receivers. So it that that to me is one of the essential elements that is that is necessary to sustain that that professional career of people who are who are present and available and um and again not threatened by by the the strength of the community around them but inspired by it and and able therefore to contribute to it so um so i think that when you when you come to missouri state we try to in 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 every way that we can, in terms of the curriculum, in terms of the, the pedagogy, in terms of the policies, we try to create an atmosphere that is nurturing yet challenging, mm-hmm. right? We, we, and that's a delicate balance because mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you are, um, that you're supporting every student 
and and encouraging them to be the fullest person they can be with without having them turn on each other without having them become possessive or jealous uh-huh. and it's it's just it's it's just a it's a disease in the theater world right uh-huh. that, that 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 people because of because of insecurities and otherwise they 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 tend to go in that direction and so we we try to make sure that from the beginning that we're looking for generosity of heart and and uh, make that a part of, of the family and the community that that we try to create uh, as, a, as a student at, at Missouri State. I love it. And so let's talk a little bit about, so now you find some students like that. You find a class of students that are coming in as freshmen. Over the course of, of four years, how are they going to come out changed, maybe especially artistically when you talk about curriculum? What, are, what skills are they going to pick up over the course of the four years and how are you going to kind of take them through the program? Sure. Um, I have to say that that is easily the most rewarding aspect of being a teacher is is taking these students in, in whatever state, whatever their baseline is at that particular time in their lives. And then when they become seniors, watching that exponential growth that happens in terms of the trajectory of their art and their mm-hmm. their maturity as an artist. Um, the tools, the tools that we give, they're very specific and they are they are uh, inculcated within the classroom itself. But um, specificity, uh, specificity in their acting, uh, depth of personalization, the ability to, to create tools and, and, and methodologies that will allow a student to find their path into the material so that they can identify as fully as possible, live as fully as they can under imaginary circumstances. That's a Meisner phrase. I'm going to steal it and claim it as my own. Um, <laughs> there is, Westenberg phrase now. <laughs> um, but that, to me, is is I think one of the one of the greatest journeys in watching a student is is they they come in as obviously strong and talented uh, artists, but then through the course of the demands and the rigor of the curriculum, they are continuously forced to um, to account for their choices mm-hmm. and to make strong choices and to dig into the material and to break it down and to uh, continually be asked questions about, you know, who are you? Where are you? What are you doing? What is your scene action? What, what, what is this particular time? Is it effective? Right. And so that by the time that they graduate, those kinds of, those kinds of techniques um, uh, become second nature. It becomes mm-hmm. the template through which they approach all of their art, including their songs, including their scenes, including, you know, everything that they do. And um, and it becomes ingrained. And um, it's a spectacular trajectory between the generality that they enter, enter with and the specificity that they end up with. Mm-hmm. And that specific specificity to me is 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 the key to creating um, watchable theater. Mm-hmm. And creating characters who are actually on a journey, creating characters who are actually fully appetite driven and fully passionate about what they want and fully skilled in terms of the craft of theater, in terms of how to get what they want and mm-hmm. having it be stage worthy. And do you feel like, is there, you know, especially for musical theater students, is there one discipline where you focus more in terms of credit hours or in terms of, of what you, you know, especially from the training perspective of going, we're really training actors first, dancers first, singers first, et cetera? Yeah. Well, we are, um, we're an interdisciplinary program, which means that we, we sort of have an equal emphasis on the three disciplines, but I will say that, that. We're, we're accredited by NAST and NASM. Those are the National Association of Schools of Theater and of Music. We're dual accredited, which means that we have to uh, uh, subscribe to a, a, a particular 
pedagogy, particular a quality of teacher, particular um, uh, proportion of classes that are taught, et cetera, and, and, and also obviously content within those classes. Um, dance is the one that out of the three between music and musicianship and voice and acting and dance, dance is the one that has the least requirements mm-hmm. in terms of the degree. And, but we compensate for that in our advising by basically making sure that every student takes at least one dance class in every semester, even if they're not a dancer. We think it's that important in terms of, of everything about their expressivity and their expansiveness and their centering and their rhythm and balance and all of that, everything that's going to apply to their acting ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that said, and I'm going to be honest with you, um, I, I was in New York for a long time and um, did a lot of shows, have a lot of friends and all of that stuff. And I have, I have a ton of friends in New York who have a ton of Tonys, some of them with Academy Awards, and they can barely walk. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? They're dear friends of mine, but they're not skilled movers and they're not, you know, they're not that strong in terms of their body uh, strengths. So, um, so you can have a spectacular career in musical theater without being a dancer. So it is a three-legged stool, and obviously we want everybody to be able to do everything, but but in the real world, honest-to-God triple threats are as rare as unicorns, mm-hmm. right? But the two elements that have to be there is voice and music and acting. Mm-hmm. Without those, there is the possibility of a career is not there. So, so that, that is where, that is where the pedagogical curricular emphasis is in the program. And I have to agree with that. Um, and it might mean that a student coming in might have, uh, I think a lot more dance or a lot less dance, depending on their own level or, or how, how does that yes. work in terms of the leveling yes. of, if I do come in and I'm a pretty strong dancer and I want to work on the other two, exactly. Exactly. how, how so, would I keep up that high level? Yes. So we have, we, we, we teach the four genres of dance, obviously, plus we teach partnering, plus we teach empty styles on top of that. And we teach four levels of each of those genres. When a student comes in, if they're a dancer, if they've had 10 years of ballet already or, or contempt or, or modern or, or um, um, jazz, <clears throat> we, uh, we find out where their baseline is and then we level them. And we make sure that they're put into the class in which they are not going to be under challenged or over challenged. The, 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 that Goldilocks zone for maximum growth. Um, we are also uh, developing a. Um, we're in the midst of developing a MT dance curricular track that is absolutely MT specific, so that for the first two and a half years of the program, all of the uh, traditional dance genres will still be there, still be available to all the dancers, but there will also be a parallel track that concentrates entirely on musical theater dance itself, mm-hmm. in, in terms of different different styles of musical theater dance, uh, different uh, choreographers from musical theater dance, uh, dance combinations that are often faced uh, in auditions in New York City, so that when those things happen, that it'll be part, part and parcel of of what they've already trained in. So, um, so we're putting that into the curriculum in about, uh, about a year. I love it. And then tell me a little bit more about maybe outside of the theater program. Um, what does Missouri state afford a prospective student? So outside of maybe the, the theater and musical theater program, what, what else do I get to do at school at Missouri state? Ah, in, in terms of theater? In terms of, no, in terms of life, in terms of oh, being a student. It's life. It could okay. be in terms of theater. Oh, if there's other thing. theater. Of life. Yes. Well, it, it's, um, one of the things that Missouri State 
you need to understand is a um, is a classical university. When you come to the when you come to the school and when when students visit, they go, "Oh my gosh, this is such." Has, has such a great feel. It feels it feels grounded. It feels traditional. It feels like it's been there a long time. Mm-hmm. It is a it is a traditional college experience. It is not a small university, and it's not a large university. It's not mm-hmm. one of those fifty thousand jobbers or one of those six thousand jobbers. It is is twenty two right in there. So students can can be anonymous if they want to, or they can be a part of other communities if they want to. We strongly stress that our musical theater students do not eat, drink, sleep, musical theater 24-7. It is not healthy. We want them to be a part. We want them to go to tailgate parties and go to football games, go to basketball games, be a part of of community service, uh, join Greek life if they want to, uh, uh, do do choral work, uh, work in theater outside of of the university. If they find Mm -hmm. out, for instance, in the casting process, which is the semester before, that they're not going to be cast in any particular semester, there's there's all kinds of theater opportunities in the town itself. For for a Missouri... uh, uh, Springfield is about, I think, I think it's, I think it's about 170,000, 175,000. So it's just big enough to be able to support the arts. So we have, mm-hmm. it, it has a, it has a surprising, uh, surprisingly vibrant and robust uh, artistic life downtown and with some really good theaters. So uh, I dare say that those theaters, the quality of those theaters, is some of the best I've ever seen in terms of regional mm-hmm. theater. And uh, one of the reasons for that is that it has, it, it employs our students. Uh, we also have Tent Theater, which is a summer theater that has been uh, an ongoing tradition in Springfield for about this year will be its 60th year, continuous, except for that first summer of COVID. Uh, John Goodman, the actor, is an alum, and he just donated a, a large sum of money as seed money for a brand new amphitheater that's being built for Tent Theater that will be completed by this summer. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a gorgeous beautifully designed it's it, it's uh architecturally it's 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 winning awards already in terms of in terms of the beauty of the design uh and 10 theater is a professional theater it is an equity theater uh became equity about 10 years ago i think i directed i think the first equity show there was cyrano they do we do two play uh, two musicals and a play every summer mm. uh we get equity actors from chicago and new york uh, to come in to play principal roles. We have equity stage manager and our students can accrue EMC points at, at 10th theater. So, um, and you're so, offering me a job right here on the pod. That's so nice, Robert. I'm not I, sure. I'll have to check my schedule, but that's so nice. I like uh, it. You know, I want an architecturally beautiful theater. Send to me your reel, Charlie, and we'll, we'll take a look at it. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about, um, cause you guys both, both BFA acting and BFAMT in terms of how, how do those interact? Right. So this gets back a little bit to that question about, you know, what is your emphasis? So I would say that people ask often what is distinctive about Missouri State. And I say, well, one of the things, I don't know if it's distinctive, maybe maybe other schools do it as well, is that we are an acting first, acting centric musical theater program. My degree that you talked about at the beginning at, 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 um, at ACT, my, my advanced degree is in acting. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I see everything through that lens. Uh, it is my opinion aesthetically that um, that if I don't care how well you can sing, if it's not connected to your interior life, if it's not connected mm-hmm. to your passion and your appetite and 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 an action that's trying to solve a problem, then I, I really I can be impressed by by the quality and the beauty of your voice, but I'm not going to be engaged by you as an actor. The same is true of dancing. If if mm-hmm. you can be sensationally skilled as a dancer, but if it's not 
emotionally justified, if it's not coming straight from your heart, then um, then it's going to become gymnastics instead of instead of dance. So uh, so apropos of that, um, our first four acting classes, our foundational acting classes, acting one through four, are mixed. Uh, half the class is going to be MT and half the class is going to be the acting BFA acting program. Uh, I teach singing for the actor in the beginning of the sophomore year. That is mixed. That is half acting and half MT. Uh, I teach dialects. That is mixed. That is half acting, half mm -hmm. MT. Uh, voice and movement, half acting, half MT. Uh, auditions class, half acting. So you can see a, a, a much of the core of the curricular requirements for MT are shared uh, with the acting company. And then do the actors have additional acting only classes or just more academics in, in terms of their degree? Uh, they have a variety of different classes. You talk about MT specifically? No, I'm saying acting specifically. So I assume MT also has specific dance classes and yes, some things yes, that are only yes. musical theater, but do actors also have additional acting only classes or do they yes, just they do. supplement they have with specialized acting classes beyond, beyond the requirements and, um, uh, and those are all available to MT as well. Uh -huh. And we encourage we encourage them to uh, to really consider taking acting in Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, I have found that musical theater students are have a have a strong uh, knack for being really good at Shakespeare. They mm -hmm. they're already dealing with style. They're already dealing with poetry. They're already dealing with verse. And there's something innate about about their musicality that lends itself very well to doing Shakespeare and bringing that to life. Um, and when you think that Shakespeare is the most produced playwright on the planet earth after 400 years after his death it behooves us to try to become um uh, a cross cross uh i don't know cross cultural actor a, a multiple <laughs> threat right so yeah. uh, and, and that's another thing because because the emphasis is on acting yes we want to create musical theater artists absolutely we want to create the, the sensational next generation of musical theater artists mm -hmm. but we also want those artists to be strong actors that can absolutely and easily jump jump over the rails of of media and and yeah. do film and do television and do radio do voiceovers do streaming yeah all that stuff yep, yep. do streaming oh that's i don't like hearing that that's a whole new genre streaming yeah, I know, I know. I it's not even tv it, film I it's just streaming I mean when i say that i just know it did something out we're there. gonna be twitch stars they're gonna be talking the ticks that's it's right. gonna be all kinds of stuff tiktokers all that yeah yeah. Um, let's wrap up with this. The Why do you find students sometimes don't choose your school? Let's say that, you know, they're one of an MTCA student. They have many options at the end and, and they've got you as a great option. Why do you find that they sometimes would go in a different direction if, if they happen to tell you, hey, here's why I'm, I, I said yes. Yeah, to it's, uh, that's a great question, Charlie, but it has, it has, it has multiple answers according to, to the student. I, you know, every student's, every student's situation is different and I absolutely respect that. And um, the main thing that we're looking for is, is fit. Right. We're making we're looking for that that student for whom Missouri State is the place that excites them and inspires them and um, <clears throat> and that whose community they are attracted to, whose ethos they are attracted to. Right. Mm -hmm. Both both considering the concrete aspects of the program and the intangibles. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that I do talk about a lot uh, when I'm talking to prospective students is um is when they're doing their research and, and when you're looking for a musical theater program, it, it's, it's, it's like you're going down a rabbit hole. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's a world of its own. It has its own language. It, it has its own culture. It has its own events. And, um, and it's a lot of work. So one of the things I ask them to do, because it's a huge and important decision, is to really do the research on the faculty, 
really go into the websites and go and and go into the faculty and staff sections and and go into the bios for this faculty and staff find out who it is who it is that is going to be teaching you for the next 4 years and um and if you do that and if you look at Missouri state um in the last 6 years uh we have we have our national uh profile has risen considerably uh, we are in the top 20 lists, at least for many, many of, of the lists that are out there. Um, <clears throat> but if you compare our faculty and our training and our careers and our our teaching careers and our professional connections and all of that, and you compare us what are not right now usually the top 10 schools, those prestige schools, you will find that there is literally no difference between them. We have we have the same the same experience the same kind of a professional cachet all of that the only difference between us and those top ten schools well there are two one is location and the other one is price mm-hmm. uh, where most of those schools are between forty five and seventy thousand dollars a year we're seventy five hundred. Ooh, you had me at seventy five hundred. Okay, Ooh. so I'm going to repeat that where they're sometimes seventy thousand. We're seven thousand five hundred. That's the annual um, uh, cost for uh, unbelievable. And we have extraordinarily generous scholarships. Uh, Oh, how generous can you be? You're already at seventy five hundred. I know. I know. How do how do how do we manage? Um, on the university level, it, it's, it's really simple. You, you, whatever your GPA is, whatever your ACT, SAT scores are, you plug those in. It automatically applies what you're going to, what, what your discount is going to be. Uh, we have, uh, we have departmental scholarships for students who are, are accepted and in the program. And that, that goes on for four years. Uh, we have some diversity scholarships that are out there that are just beginning to, to bear some fruit in terms of being able to, 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 uh, increase our diversity pool. And, and population, um, yeah, it's it's yeah. um it, it's it's a pretty good deal. Oh, and one other thing I should say is that the out of state students, and we have a lot of out of state students. Um, we have what's called an out of state tuition fee waiver, and a hundred percent of our MTs have qualified for that. That means That's that if you're out of state and you come to Missouri State, the chances are close to a hundred percent that you will not be paying the eight thousand dollars extra per year as a student at, at Missouri State. It's, it's awesome. And certainly that's something that we have, we've seen. I mean, I can really echo, though we don't subscribe to any of the top 20 lists or top, what, top 10, top, whatever the things that people put that we think are very subjective in general. Um, but I can certainly echo that um, Missouri State has been a, a fast riser for our students. Many, many students who've, who've chosen to attend, who have gotten into programs that have been around longer or are on more, those lists for longer periods of time. And not only because of that wonderful financial factor, though for a lot of our students, that's one of the reasons they go, let's keep that school on the list. Mom might say, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind if that was an option exactly. on the list. Yeah. Well, I have found that in terms of in terms of recruitment, um, the best recruiting tool that you could possibly have is is the quality of your education and and the power of it and the efficacy of it and and happy students create and generate a buzz that is irresistible because it's honest, 
right? Other students want to say, you know, they and, and because of social media, they're so students are so incredibly vocal and, and their their platforms are so vast in terms of who they can reach. But we have a lot of, of very, very happy students who are really excited about the program because because of their growth and because of because of the quality of teaching. Yeah. So true. That has been MTCA's philosophy for 15 years is we used to go have a great product. Just do a great job. Exactly. You actually don't have to market that much if you just we use word of mouth because it's like we have happy customers. Like that is that's the way to do it. I mean, you can have flashy things on this and flashy that, but what really matters is like, do the students there yeah, love it? Yeah. Do they get good education and do they do well mm-hmm. as they Yeah, go? that's that's where the rubber meets the road in the classroom and, and on the stage. Yeah. Okay, well let's take a short break and on the back end of the break we'll get into the audition process for Missouri State. Sounds good. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we are back with Robert Westenberg, and we're going to get into the audition process a bit from Missouri State. Um, so I'm going to ask an unfair question because I know it's uh, um, there are many answers. But in short, what do you think makes a great audition for you? Um, that's a good question. Um, I think one of the main things that is missing from most auditions, and I see like any other uh, program coordinator, I see hundreds, if not thousands, a year. Um, one of the, the main thing that's missing is a partner, mm-hmm. is, the, is the person that you're talking to. So students spend a lot of time working on the piece, either the song or the, or the monologue, and uh, the, they spend a lot of time in terms of how am I going to do this? What am I going to do with this line? How am I going to express it? What is my body going to be doing? And my, my advice in terms of that is yes, Choices need to be made. Yes, you have to know what you're doing, but you need it needs to be situational. It needs to be the dynamic needs to be a part of an evolving relationship. The only the only reason you're speaking is you're trying to change your partner's behavior. Right. And you are deeply impacted and affected by what is happening over there. It's a pure Meisner world, right? The most important thing is happening. It's not about you. It's about your partner. And as soon as you can make your partner more present and more powerful and more specific and allow your partner to to be impacting all of the beat changes that happen within your monologue or your song, your song is going to come to life in a way it has never come to life before. Mm -hmm. Right. It's going to become situational. It's going to become intentional. It's going to have an action to it. It's going to it's going to be propelled forward. It's going to have an obstacle that's pushing against it, which is going to be motivating the whole reason why it keeps going on in the first place. Uh, so that is what is one of my strongest advice pieces of advice that I give to students is to spend more time on what 
is happening over there. If you're singing a song that is a soliloquy that does not have a partner, then you need to very strongly realize the strength of the obstacle. What is the, mm-hmm. what is the internal obstacle? What is keeping you from getting what you want? What are you struggling against in order to achieve? And why are you singing the song? What do you hope to achieve by the end of the song? So what I'm looking for in, in auditions is, is a student who understands that at least at a fundamental level and so that, so that that monologue or that song can have a journey. So that it begins somewhere and it ends somewhere else. The characters changed as a result of that process of struggling against that obstacle, right? And it, it may they may have changed, they may not have achieved what they wanted, or but but at least they've tried and struggled, and now they've learned something, and now they can move on to the next stage of their lives, right? So when that is there, it gives it context. It gives. Uh, the other thing that I talk about is, you know, the moment before and the moment after, you know, the first beat of your song, the first beat of your monologue is not the thing that comes out of your mouth. It's the mm-hmm. thing that happens that, that, that creates the need to respond to it. I call it the precipitating moment or the provocative moment, but that thing, especially in song that, that you receive that takes your breath away and forces you to go into song itself in order to solve that problem. And it needs to be strong. It cannot be casual. Um, and then, and likewise, and conversely, at the end of the song, it needs to have, or the, or the monologue, it needs to have follow through. The end of the monologue is not a falling off of a cliff. It's not a closing of the door or a closing of the curtain. It is the beginning of the next beat in which you're putting all of your power and all of your intention, all of your will into your partner's lap and asking, fishing for a response, Right. And then it's got tension and then it's got an afterlife and then it's got force and all of that stuff. So, um, so that the partner is everything. I mean, it's the reason I'm talking right now. Cause I'm, 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 you know, responding to Megan and, and Charlie and they're part of a part of the dynamic of what I'm doing. And I'm responding to what they're saying and doing, even when they're not talking, they're a part of this monologue that I'm saying right now. Right. Because, um, because, Otherwise, I'd be insane because I'd be talking, right? Because yeah. if I don't have a partner, if I was sitting here alone in my room saying this stuff, it, it wouldn't make any sense. So the partner has to be there. Of course, in this weird technical world, you are alone in a room staring at a piece yes, of plastic yes, and shouting, yes. which is, makes irony, it all the more irony did not escape me. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I love Megan is really going to appreciate she likes to make fun of my SAT vocab at the end of these episodes when I do little takeaways. I've heard inculcating. I've heard precipitating. Um, we're really getting some tests. I'm sorry. I was, I was an English major before I became an, a theater major. So it's pretentious and awful. And I, I apologize beforehand if I use No, we love it on this pod. We love This is an educational oh. pod. We appreciate a word of the day. Um, what about, is there anything that as you see all these auditions, you know, that it's sort of in the pet peeve uh, area of going, I kind of don't love when I see this. I, I, this puts me in a bad place when I, when it's an audition starts this way or when this happens in an audition. Um, I, I, I will be honest. I will say nothing that a student does puts me in a bad, bad place. It, it's, it's just not in my nature because I, I don't know where that student has come from. I don't know what kind of training they've had or lack of training they've had or, or misguided training that they've had. So I give every student the benefit of the doubt. And if, if, if they do things like, you know, look at the floor a lot, which is, which is, you know, epidemic among young actors, you know, I, I, it's utterly and totally forgivable. Right. And so and when we see that, but we see talent. Right. We will we'll we'll make it. We'll have them make an adjustment. We'll say, let's let's see if we can make your, your partner stronger. Can, don't look at the floor because because the answer to your problem is not on the floor. 
right? Mm-hmm. It's in it's in your partner's eyes. So let's see let's see if we can we can shift your focus a little bit and and funnel it and make it a little little more simple. Um, so, uh, but there is and now that I'm thinking about it, there is one thing. It, it's when hair falls into actors' eyes. It that is a pet peeve of mine because that is that is. That is, you know, acting is about transparency. Acting is a revealing. It's not a hiding, uh-huh. right? And so, and when that happens, and uh, it, it, it I, if I can't see your eyes, it's really difficult for me to to see what's going on inside of you. Especially um, now, if they're wearing a mask, because they got the, uh, the whoa, mask on, yeah, exactly. the hair over the eyes, oh they're gosh. just a voice. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what about if we talk about um, the pre-screens, anything that changed in terms of your advice of, of as you watch pre-screen auditions? Um, and I want to talk a little bit about walk-in soup. Let's start with uh, the pre-screen auditions. Yeah, well, we we don't technically have a pre-screen. We do require our students to uh, put all of their material up on accepted uh, so that we have a cache of, of everybody's everybody's work and everybody can access it. Um, the, the It's accepted has been a game changer for us because now, you know, if I go to, to Dallas or I go to Chicago or I go to Atlanta and I see those students, but I don't have a record of them, uh-huh. I'm relying entirely on my memory. And I have to take that memory and that excitement about a student back to my faculty members. And, and, but I can't actually share it with them. Uh, but now we can do that. So, um, so for you, the pre-screen is almost a post-screen for you. You're really going to use that. Yeah, well, that's, that's video as a, a, yeah, I like a that. second. Uh, yeah. View of it. yeah. And I, and I refer to them uh, uh, over and over. I, I'll watch them five, six, seven times before, you know, I, I'll, I'll send out that offer letter, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And then I want to talk a little bit because last year what you did um, some wonderful walk-ins for us. We're going to do them again this year. Um, and I know you've done walk-ins in other places. Let's talk maybe both live or vir- virtual. Um, just like what the expectation is for a walk-in audition. And, and for anyone who doesn't know what a walk-in, it just means that you have not already applied for the school before you're going into audition. So you're meeting them a little bit more as a stranger. How that might differ from when a school, when a student is already fully applied to the school. Um, anything different in terms of your expectation for the audition or, or how it goes? Um, not really, not really, because that, that first interface that we have with a student is, is usually the first time for a student anyway, whether they've applied or not. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I have, you know, zoom and accepted and, you know, these, these virtual formats, it's, it's taken a while to get used to them. And, and we have, um, but, uh, it's an art form because like you said, Charlie, you're, you're sitting here, you're actually in a room alone and you don't have that other dynamic, uh, you're in a virtual room, yes, but it, but it's it's very different. So mm-hmm. I really respect um, the work that I see, the self tapes that are made and presented, um, and and when when really good work gets done, it's it's sort of a miracle because of the challenges that we're facing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say that that oftentimes the technical technical difficulties can really hurt a student, especially sound. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, because of the microphones on some of the some of the computers, if if it it they they go beyond the bandwidth in, in terms of, of what can be what can be handled by that that particular uh, microphone, and so my strong recommendation is for all students for their self tapes to get an exterior mic that has <clears throat> that has stronger width to it, uh, so that it can really capture the quality of their work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, in general, as you look at auditions, this could be live or or virtual. How much do you feel like the decision of whether or not you're going to say yes to that student is based on the kind of skill that they show in their work? So the monologue songs, the the, the work that you're actually seeing, acting and singing and it, it dance wise, 
versus maybe the more intangibles of how they interview or when you give that adjustment to the don't look at the floor? Like, mm-hmm. how do you feel like which which percentage or where does it weigh more heavily in terms of is it about that initial you're really strong or is it more about those what I learned from you in terms of the intangibles? Uh, well, it, it is it is the whole picture. Um, and and the initial I mean, the, the leading the leading uh part of that equation is is the audition itself and it, you know it begins it begins with the introduction i'll be honest with you uh the introduction tells us a lot about who you are if it's if it's open and simple and friendly and inviting you know you, you, i immediately relax i go oh you know this student is is comfortable in their own skin right and they mm-hmm. uh, and they're excited about the work that they're about to present they may be a little bit nervous but but they're more excited than nervous and that's that's a good sign and then it's amazing how the equation between the introduction and the quality of the work, how, how much that's aligned. Mm-hmm. You know, oftentimes students who, who mumble the introduction or they're not looking at you or they're, they're um, you know, whatever, or there's a negativity to it in terms of, mm-hmm. in terms of them judging themselves or them thinking that it's not going to be a strong, a strong day for them. That will translate into the work itself. Right. And, and again, if we see, if we see a spark there, if we see something a seed of something, we will, we will say, okay, great. Let's, let's talk, let's relax a little bit. And then when we talk about the given circumstances, let them, let them, you know, simplify their work and realize, oh, I don't have to, my job as an actor is not to impress my auditors. Mm-hmm. As soon as my attention is on impressing the people who are watching me, I am out of the game. I am mm-hmm. not in the world of my character. My job as an actor is to do the work of my character, is to achieve my scene action, and that is it. And if I do that, and I do it simply and effectively and honestly, the the auditors will come to me, right? I don't have to go to them. And because we're doing, because we're in a virtual world, right? We don't have to fill up a massive space anymore. We 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 just need to keep it real and keep it honest and keep it simple. It's so beautiful. And it's, it is such a mystery to me how true that is of like someone opens a door and you go, this is going to be a great audition. It's like you can yeah. see it when they it's walk amazing. and like you can just know. It's the yeah. body posture. It's the body language. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's all of that. And, and we I, talk have about been, that. I have been surprised. I've had a student come in who was just like hunched yes. over and mumbling. Yes. And then the audition came. It was like, oh, like a flower opening up. Yeah. And it was amazing. It's like a 90% prediction. It's like you're pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, but then every exactly, once in a while you go, oh my. You know. Exactly right. Yeah. In the sports world, we talk about it like the way you walk on the field or the way you walk on the court. Sometimes you can just like tell by the the sort of swagger or what it yeah. is that you go, this person, they know how to play yeah. basketball. I can just tell by the way they're walking. They've exactly done right. And, it, and it's a confidence uh, and not an, you know, an arrogance, right? Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a huge difference between those two worlds. And that that confidence is something that is, is special and, um, and something that is you look forward to working with for the next four years. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Well, and you talked a little bit, I just noted from the, the earlier, you talked a bit about you really are looking for generosity of spirit, um, which I think is such an important part of being um, a, a schoolmate and being a classmate. Such a huge part of learning is I, I feel like I learned everything I learned from my classmates. I mean, my professors were great too, but like they taught them and I watched them learning and I go, oh, the way that I learned with you was, right. was really um, right. so formative. How in the world do I show that in an audition where I don't have a collaborator? Like, how, how do I show you I'm a really generous teammate? I'm a great ensemble member when I'm sitting on a screen alone. You know? Yeah, that's a hard one. Um, I, I just think it comes with with the interaction with the, with the auditors. You know, and you can't you can't I don't know 
you can't load up the instrument and and try to show generosity, right? right? As soon as you do that, you're going to be overacting, right? Mm-hmm. You just the generosity simply has to be there, right? The uh, the humility, especially when a note is given and you can see. Mm-hmm. If an actor is threatened by the note or excited by the note, you know, there, there's a there's a big difference in terms of how an actor receives that uh, and then how they actually make the adjustment. Can they make the adjustment? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we'll ask an actor to make an adjustment in a scene or a song. And it's not that we're asking them. It's not that we think the song should be done that way. We just want to see if they can make an adjustment. Right. We want to see if they if they can get off of that railroad track and if they can actually play in another area, in another field. And that playfulness and that ability to embrace and to say yes to a new idea is a huge part of of the process, because then we go, oh, that's that student is teachable. Mm -hmm. And that that student is open to new ideas. It's so true. It's it's, that idea of generosity as an actor is like one of those skills that. It's, it feels like it's so difficult to be rewarded. It's like so and so rarely rewarded in the professional career, even though it is so important. Like I, I remember seeing. Um, I'm going to give a little shout out to um, my my partner's on stage partner um, in Jagged Little Pill. Um, Sean Allen Krill is like one of the most generous actors. You and, and you, from the audience, you really see it, and you watch him. You go. That is such a gift to work with you because you're just so present and just give it right back. And you never steal a joke or step on a moment or you're just right. willing to go, let, let me set you up. Let me. But I'm like, yeah. I don't know that that's often. I mean, in his case, of course, it is. He's rewarded with a, a Broadway contract. But right. I feel like often that specific skill set actors can really appreciate, but is not always seen by directors. Is not always. Yeah. The, you don't get that in a, the Times review of what a generous actor <laughs> doesn't somehow <laughs> get the same you reward. Know, I, I mean, in in the course of my career in New York, I, I you know I was attracted towards that kind of a person, and I I mean, and I was very lucky to be able to work with it. I, Bernadette Peters, for instance, is is one of the most mm-hmm. single generous people I have ever met, and on stage she's she's just I I'm, it's an abundance of giving. Right. Yes, it's yes. this flow of energy that's come that's supporting you and you, you're lifted up by it and you're made better by it. And, and you know, everybody wins. It comes that supreme confidence. So it takes an incredible yes. confidence to go. Let and, me give. And, let me give. Let me give. And yeah. And, and something that that young actors need to learn. And it takes a long time to learn it is is when you give it away. That's when you get it back. It's you so know, it's, it's give it away. Give it away. Support yep. your partner, support your partner. And it all comes back. If anyone, I think I think it's on Amazon. The not to say that your company wasn't amazing, but the Raul Esparza company. That that was the. I remember saying that was the first thing I said. I was like, he's what a what a generous performance. He like yep. he just the he lifted everyone, lifted everyone, and then just at the end, kind of took his moment. But for the most thing, it was like give, give, give for an hour and a half before there was anything. Yeah, that's a great example. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit. So let's just say I've given this amazing audition. I, I was generous. I was, I took adjustments. Well, I'd never looked at the floor, focus on my scene partner. <laughs> and you really want me artistically for your school. Is there then any math of how I'm doing academically and, and what, what it works like to get into the university? How does that factor? Yes, we need, we, we obviously, we need to look at, at, at the, at the scores of the student. And, and, uh, we have found that students who have, have GPAs below a 3.0 in high school, um, are, are, need to be specifically, um, it, it needs to be discussed with that student about their academic life and about their academic, um, inspiration, right? It's, it's almost never a question of ability. It's a question of, 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 uh, application. Mm-hmm. And uh, we want to make sure that the student knows that this is a, this is a, 
professional program, very rigorous program, but it's embedded in a liberal arts context and that they will be required to take gen eds. And, uh, and we want to make sure that, that we're the right fit for that particular student. Absolutely. And then uh, we talked a little bit of this in terms of your focus with disciplines in terms of the, the school itself. But as you audition, how does the interaction between disciplines work in terms of do you really focus mostly on acting and singing? How does dance weigh in in terms of like if I'm really good at two out of the three or do I get one holistic score? Do I get multiple different scores on my acting, singing, dance? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's a great question because uh, uh, on Accepted, we have all of our faculty members put in a score for each student and and it's confusing and, and not particularly accurate because, for instance, the dance coordinator will be looking at it through that lens and will mm-hmm. be basing the evaluation on that and that, let's say that the, the, the student is just not a dancer and they get a two out of 10, mm-hmm. right? And they're a killer actor. And a killer singer, and they're like in the nine category. Now, all of a sudden, that score is going to be skewed towards a six or a seven, but that's not mm-hmm. where that student should live. So, mm-hmm. um, so as the program coordinator, I take that composite score with a grain of salt, and I I review and re-review all of the students over and over again, and look at them in terms of. Um, the possibility of a professional career, the potential for, for professional work. We want to make sure that we're bringing students who have that foundation <clears throat> and um, because that's what we are. We're a four-year program for whom the arc of that, that training, at the end of it, the goal is that you're now ready to be competitive in the musical theater industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Um, okay, any last bit, piece of advice for, let's imagine in not so long, as we record this in January, but I think it's going to be coming out in February, so many people are going to be in the midst of their unifieds. Any last advice as people think about they're about to walk in the room for you and go, please just do this? Yeah, um, it's it's going to be so cliched, but it's but oftentimes okay. the, well, the reason a cliche is a cliche because there's a big fat truth in, at the core of it. Be yourselves. Right. Be be who you are. I think that that in terms of intangibles, that's part of what we're looking for. We're looking for a student who is comfortable in their own skin and who is proud of who they are and who is willing to share who they are through their art. And that creates uh, a sense of confidence. It creates a um, uh, a quality of believability and integrity. And um, and that is exciting. It's exciting to see young people who who already have, you know, partially or fully formed personalities that are, that's based on, on their particular individualism. We're, we are not a cookie cutter program. We're not here to try to crank out a particular kind of actor, a particular kind of singer or dancer. We're here to take a student and have them become and evolve the person that they're meant to be, mm-hmm. right? To become, to become the fullest artist that they can be and that that's scary work that's courageous work bringing who you actually are into your work and but that's that's again the foundation of a successful career because that uniqueness is is what makes you that carves your niche in the industry you're not like anybody else so exploit that difference and become your own artist I love it. Um, I just want to wrap up uh, um, as we you know, get to our final moments here. We talked a little bit about um, increasing scholarships for diversity students. I'd just love to talk a little bit about sort of the challenges of 2021 and beyond in general from the perspective of about the demands for equity, but then also talk a little bit about the challenges of a virtual world, which are now 
surging back and forth, it seems, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. once again. But um, take that in whatever direction you want to go. But uh, it's what you've sort of dealt with in the past couple of years specifically. Right, right. Well, diversity is, is one of the, the pillars of our of our university. And <clears throat> we are we are bound and determined to create a, a department that reflects uh, that reflects the real world. Um, so our reach reaching out to diverse students is extremely strong. Our, um, uh, <clears throat> again, the scholarships that we have, we have, it's, it's the Judith Enyard Reynolds scholarship and, uh, and, and it's $10,000 a year for four years for, for a student. Are and you pocketing it, money at that point? Come on, twenty thousand dollars. You're only seventy five. I can do that math. That's twenty five hundred uh, in the pocket. But we we we, we want to make sure we want to make sure that 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 uh, we attract and retain diverse students because they are our strength. It will that will allow us to to be able to do things that we would wouldn't be able to do before, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we are now in the midst of picking seasons, and our seasons are now reflecting the fact that our diverse students are a stronger, larger part of our population. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're being, bringing in works that are written by diverse artists and uh, we're bringing in uh, guest artist uh, directors who are, who are diverse. Um, we are creating training, uh, mandatory training for our faculty members in, in diversity training and, and awareness. So um, it's, and there's also mental health on top of that. And then we have mental health week every semester where mm-hmm. we bring in special guests, both in live and, and virtually. Uh, we have incredible uh, resources in terms of our, our, our wellness center. Uh, we have, uh, I think it's eight free sessions per semester per student uh, with a mental health professional on campus. Um, so we do, we do everything we can to create an atmosphere of both multiculturalism and and a safe environment in which students feel that they can be who they are and they can experiment big they can fall flat on their faces and it's going to be celebrated and we continue to move forward together i love it and then what about the virtual um especially when we talk about auditions is that the kind of thing where are you going to be keeping virtual auditions moving forward into 2023 oh no Um, we don't know. It's it's we're going to see what happens with with the virus, and we're going to be see what happens with the industry. Um, uh, Showcase, for instance, has been forever changed because of because of the virus, and um, and we now film. And anybody who's out there who, who's interested, if you go onto our website and you go to uh, we have a we have a YouTube station that we've just set up, and you can see last year's um, senior showcase. Uh, it's we bring in professional. Um, producers to film it, professional lighting, professional sound, mm. and we've been and we worked for a full semester and a half to to curate and develop and and evolve those pieces. Um, <clears throat> we are very proud of that work, and we have found that the industry is very very happy with um, with the virtual submissions. Mm-hmm. That it's easier for them, it's more efficient for them, it's cheaper for them, and they have a record of that work, and they can share it with their colleagues. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it's going away. Yeah. So, um, so our we are we are uh, it's 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 incumbent upon us to evolve in that direction technically and artistically, and to create the best and most professional virtual world that we can for our students, and we're doing just that. It's so cool. I, I said it in multiple pods, but but having a, a graduating with a real RD in your back pocket is such a gift that I'm so jealous. I didn't have graduating from school. I'm like, I got to book the job first, and then I have a real. God, that's yeah. Good. Oh, I know. And our students, uh, you know, if, if if you go to our uh, the students' websites, 
uh, and they're all required to develop a professional website, of course, just like any other any other school. <clears throat> um, many of them have uh, a reel of like ten to twelve uh, films. You know, so because cool. we have we have a strong relationship with the media, journalism and film department. It's on the same floor as us. And they do a ton of independent films and they use our students. And we also have a lot of professional um, film companies come through the state. And Kurt Heinlein, who is the head of the BFA acting program, uh, has strong connections with the film industry. And we get a ton of work for our students on with, with that as well. So. Yeah. So, so cool. Um, well, if people enjoyed hearing you chat, and I know they must have, because I certainly did, um, where would we find you if we wanted to find, if we wanted to reach out or follow more about MSU, or if we wanted to, to uh, see more Robert Westenberg? Oh, uh, just, if you go to the website, uh, my, my email address is on that. And, uh, and I, it, it's, it's just my name. It's R Westenberg and it's W E S T E N B E R G at Missouri state.edu. Oh, yeah. And if you have any questions at all, contact me and I'll get right back to you. We love it. And we'll put all this in the show notes so people have it. We'll also put the Instagram and your Facebook and that YouTube link you mentioned. It'll all be in the show notes. If you want to click that from yes, the pod, uh, Robert, thank you so much for the time today. It was really Absolutely. a pleasure. It's my pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity to be able to, to spread the, spread the news about Missouri state. Oh boy, I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I enjoyed doing it. Uh, Robert was so fun and articulate and intelligent. We point out those SAT ver- verbs, SAT verbs, SAT words. I've lost my words. And so open too. I just, I like how many of the virtues he said he was looking for in his students that were really kind of shining through him. Um, and of course, not that we would always subscribe that all knowledge comes from a Broadway bio or any kind of fancy bio, but you're definitely looking at someone there in Robert who has walked the walk as well as talking the talk. Um, before I dive too deep into a big takeaway, I want to do, of course, talking more about generosity. How can I not? Um, I just do want to clean up something, a little bit of something Robert talked about in terms of the kind of legs of a stool that make up the disciplines of musical theater. Uh, I think it is super helpful to hear all the different perspectives that different faculty members and different programs have on how they see the business. And it's why I asked them this question at all. Um, but I just wouldn't want you to take any specific opinion as sort of right in these cases. And I know neither would Robert. Uh, you know, in his training, like my own, is very acting-centric. He's an MFA in acting. I have a BFA in acting. And his his path and his career experience, he mentioned a lot of his friends winning Tonys and Oscars who could barely walk. I don't know about barely walk, but maybe he meant they weren't movers, right? Um, and I will say that in terms of my personal preference, I think I have an incurable bias toward this kind of training. It's something that I really appreciate since it also matches my skill set. Um, so even if I try to be really even-handed, I'm going to tend to sometimes lean a little bit more on the acting-centric thing because it's where I'm like, I can dive in. Let's talk about Shakespeare. Um, but that's really not to say that there aren't tons of Broadway paths that lead with the largest leg being being an amazing dancer. And in fact, like just statistically on Broadway at any given time, across all shows and all ensembles, in terms of contracts, that is probably the most common strong-legged stool in terms of who's going to be in a company since most shows have more roles for dancers who don't sing and act a lot versus actors who don't dance um, or singers who don't don't dance. I just wouldn't want anyone to ever hear an interview like this and be like, oh, so I guess dance is not important and Robert said so, which is definitely not what he's saying and I don't think he would ever would have meant. He's just talking about his program and sort of what the focus that he sees in terms of the kind of actors that he's graduating. 
Um, but my larger takeaway was just to do a little bit of a, a deep dive into that beautiful phrase that Robert led with, which was generosity of spirit and how important that is as he looks at students. Um, we talked about it being kind of one of the most valuable and maybe underrated assets that a performer can bring to a company and that a student can bring to a classroom. And it's not at all surprising to me that an awesome actor who's really lived a life like Robert recognizes the value of this as much as he does, despite it being that difficult to quantify underappreciated quality. Um, so I just want to get into a little bit of like, what does this mean, especially for maybe if our parents out there who aren't actors or even some earlier actors who kind of go, what does it mean to be generous of spirit in a show or a company? And I'll just say to me, Generosity of spirit is the quality of putting the needs of the show, or in this case, in the needs of your company of, of uh, students or you know, your, your classroom, ahead of yourself. Um, often it is recognized in sort of opportunities, not seized. I'm going to put the word opportunities in quotes uh, within a given scene um, where there might have been a, a moment, an opportunity for like a huge dramatic moment for you, or maybe like a fun slapstick laugh, or if you made, like did a take to the audience and like that, if it's a, a comedy. But that kind of moment might step on my scene partner and what they're just about to do in a second. And sometimes it's not quite as large as that. Sometimes we're talking about little micro opportunities and micro moments where, you know, a director will say, let's move the scene along. And it's the generous actor who goes, you know what? That means the ball of attention is going to be on me a little less and a little bit more on my scene partner because I'm just going to give that line right back. I'm not going to turn this into a meal when it's just a little snack for myself. Um, so instead of taking that big pause or doing that large take, and maybe it means sometimes not getting a laugh at all where you could have gotten a laugh, I'm just going to live truthfully in the moment and toss it back to my scene partner. Um, and I just feel like there's never been a better takeaway to talk about basketball. So I have to do it. I mean, how could there be better than this, right? Because this is precisely what we talk about. When we talk about that metaphorical ball of attention to an audience and keeping a show moving along, that is the same literal idea that actually exists when you're playing a sport with a ball. If you're the kind of player who needs to possess the ball for a long period of time, and you're only comfortable when all the attention's on you as an actor, right? If you need to possess the ball, you're almost certainly going to put up statistics, right? And statistics are often what leads to like money and fame for sports people, for basketball players. So they want to put up touchdowns, put up um, you know baskets, put up assists, put up rebounds. But you hunting those statistics often ends up hurting your team in the long run. And those players often don't last long on their teams because they're hurting the team, even if the general public often thinks of them as like good players because of their raw numbers. Nobody wants to play with them. For example, if you follow the NBA, Russell Westbrook is a great example from many years of someone who's put up huge numbers, but often at the expense of his teammates instead of sort of lifting his teammates up. The generous players, in contradistinction, might be the ones who sort of get the ball out of their hands quickly, advancing it up the court, even though by doing so, they almost certainly won't get a point or even an assist because maybe there's one more pass that's going to happen, but they're definitely increasing their team's chance of scoring. The same thing happens on the stage. If you're always thinking about what laughs you're getting or what great moments am I delivering, then you're often missing the bigger picture of what the show is trying to achieve. If you are whatever place in a show, and this moment is actually about King Lear, but you're the spear carrier who walks in and just has to deliver a line, if you really deliver the hell out of that line, sometimes you're actually taking away from King Lear as opposed to just giving that moment to him and letting it be uh, about him. Um, as a classmate, I think this is often represented in exercises, like when a teacher is maybe giving a lot of notes or working through something with a specific student a lot. It can be really tough, especially as a young actor, if you've been working on a scene for weeks and you haven't gotten a single note. You keep bringing it up, but your partner keeps getting all the notes and you're like, what about me, right? 
How can you continually show up to the scene with full integrity and help them work through what they're working through and try to learn from them and their process as opposed to turning inward and saying, where are my notes? What, what, what's for me, right? You want to think in this case, if a show, the objective is what, is what is the show trying to do in this classroom? What is the classroom we're trying to achieve? What are we trying to learn together as a class? Um, it's something we often say in MTCA classes when, when we're teaching internal classes that your work is a gift to the class, but the real learning happens in receiving those gifts from your classmates. So how can you show up for them, support them, and then ultimately learn from them without necessarily turning it into becoming all about you? To be clear, this is not necessarily audition advice where it is actually about you a lot of the time. I mean, I love Robert's advice about making it more about the professors. You know, we've all heard that idea of be more interested than interesting. Really helpful way to show generosity of spirit within an audition. But I do think, as you've heard from previous advice, a lot of people in auditions, it is more about finding the quiet confidence in yourself when you do have the ball and the ball of attention is on you for much of an audition is a little bit more important than some of the stuff we're talking about in shows and scenes, et cetera, when we talk about generosity of spirit. Well, if you enjoyed this episode and you want to be generous to us, please hit that subscribe button, hit that follow. We love ratings. We love reviews. We suggest five stars. If you want to give me a job at the 10th theater, that's very generous. And an ironic five stars. If you never received my reel, what's wrong with you? Um, you can also reach out to us with questions for the pod at mailback at mappingthecollegeaudition.com or reach out to me and Megan directly. You know, I'm at charmer7, that's C-H-A-R-M-U-R seven. Uh, Megan Marie is at Megan Marie. You can spell it 2014. If you're interested in working with MTCA for help with your individual prep for your college audition journey, please check us out at mtcollegeauditions.com or on Instagram at Musical Theater College Editions at TweetMTCA on Twitter. To my young artists out there mapping their journeys, in a journey of a pre-screen to a post-screen, when can you just be a screen? We'll see you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.